Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Paleo Pet Raw podcast. I am your host Jay Avery. This is Raw Feeding 101, part 2, getting started. The last cast we focused on understanding what a raw diet is, the general structure of it, and then we started focusing on commercial pet food and its current state. We focused on a few key ingredients such as protein, carbohydrates, and fats, and came to the conclusion really that the commercial pet food industry is really an opportunity um, for recycling of the human waste industry, buying that stuff for pennies on the dollar, selling it to the consumer at an incredible profit at the expense of your animal. So this cast is geared towards those those of you who are saying enough is enough and I'm ready to move to a species appropriate diet and nourish my animal the way mother nature intended. So we are going to talk about the considerations and the steps on how to get started. Okay, so before considering starting a raw diet, I think you need to understand that there's a few ways to feed. And so I'm going to just talk about the two primary ways to feed raw, which is DIY and pre-made. So DIY or do-it-yourself really comes down to understanding the science. And I think that's where the biggest danger of DIY feeding is, is that people don't understand the science behind how you need to feed. You can't just go to the grocery store and grab some meat and throw it in your dog's bowl and consider that raw feeding. When we talk about what we touched on in our last cast, it it, it really is the ratio of muscle meat, bone, organ, trace minerals, understanding uh, deficiencies that might be caused by feeding inappropriately, and then even understanding that excess is just as dangerous. So if you throw a bunch of X organ in there, you could end up with X toxicity and really be in trouble when your intention really was to do good for your animal. So I think there's a lot of there's there's a lot of mistakes being made in DIY. So if you are extremely comfortable and you understand the science, I think DIY could be a very cost-effective way to feed, the most cost-effective way, way to feed, probably. And I started out with DIY, but here's the thing. There's a trade-off with DIY. So the trade-off is time and labor. So in order to feed properly in every meal, right, you're going to need a lot of meat. So you're going to need boxes of muscle meat and um, understanding the where you're getting the bone from and um, organ meats that are supplying the right amount of nutrition and so this involves maybe going to a meat com- packing company and buying several four five seven uh, 45 40 pound cases of meat and then trying to defrost that all at once becomes kind of a, a song and dance in your bathtub or you know um, wherever you have room to do this, and um, and then keeping that meat at a protected temperature where uh, you don't have opportunity for bacteria to introduce itself, um, and then repackaging it, throwing it back in the freezer, and then portioning it out and things like that. So there's time and effort involved. There's a lot of cleanup involved, and, and if you don't have the space, um, there's potential risk for bacterial contamination in the surrounding areas if you're not doing it right. So because there's just a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, 
But again, um, this is one of the ways to feed and um, some, you know, people have been doing it successfully for years. Uh, I just want you to understand that there is a real um, science involved in, uh, in doing this. And so those with great intentions may be doing more harm than good. So we generally steer beginners away from that model and go to pre-made. And so let's now talk about the pre-made route. Okay, so let's talk about pre-made. So pre-made is when a company does the science and the labor for you. So they will put together a formula that addresses any nutrient levels, right? So you don't have to worry about deficiencies. You don't have to worry about dangerous excess. Um, you don't have to worry about calcium phosphorus ratios or fat content um, and things like that. So what they'll also do is they'll deck it or um, test it for guaranteed analysis and so you'll know exactly what you're getting and you don't necessarily know that when you're doing a DIY situation especially if it's different every time. Um, they'll also then take all of the ingredients and grind them together for you. So an example of like our beef organic formula. We will literally buy cases of beef, muscle meat, beef fat, beef bone, beef organ, beef liver, beef heart, beef tripe, etc. and put that all together and then, uh, then on top of that we'll add some organic, um, organic produce to compensate for any trace minerals and make that um, and some and some fiber and make that formula complete we'll add I don't know we'll add organic carrots organic apples organic blueberries for antioxidants maybe some organic coconut oil for MCTs some additional vitamin E to metabolize those, those MCTs so that your dog doesn't get deficient in in doing so um, etc so so really all of this work is done for you and this becomes a, a, an easy and very um, and helps you become more confident in what you're feeding your dog so it's a it's a, it's a great route to go by, and, um, and a lot of companies um, are doing this nowadays, and it comes they come in all shapes and sizes. They come in what we call formats. So some companies will grind it together and make little, like, little nuggets out of them. Um, some companies will put patties together and make it look like a hamburger patty, or put them in squares, or rectangles, or trapezoids, or just big hunks of meat. Um, that you just need to defrost and throw in the bowl and you're done, right? Um, so I'll talk about ours um, specifically because I'm more familiar. So um, those formats, we actually have two types of formats, but three different sizes. So our two formats are patties and chubs. So let's talk about the patties first. So after we grind this formula up and put it all together, it goes through, let's say, a patty machine it gets cut up for you in portions it gets weighed to approximately eight ounces and then it gets individually wrapped and so that's like the the most convenient you can you can get you've got a like a little hamburger shaped um raw food formula in the form of a patty and um and it's individually wrapped it's already weighed out for you so you know if you cut that patty in half now you have two four ounce servings etc um, so for small to medium dogs and people who are traveling, patties are fantastic. Um, but because of the extra labor, the extra packaging involved, the weighing, the cutting out, the portioning, um, those are the most expensive of um, our formats. Okay. Now we also have chubs. And chubs, if you just think about chubs as kind of a hunk of meat, 
like if you picture going to your favorite grocery store and buying like one of those tubes of ground beef we have those um our formula we just put them in kind of that format and our smaller ones are two pounds and our bigger ones are five pounds and everything we sell is by the case so a case of patties right will have three bags in it and each of those bags will have like 20 patties in it so they're 10 pound bags three of them in a three of them in a case there's 30 pounds our five pound chubs will have six five pound chubs in a 30 pound case and then our two pound chubs will have 15 two pound chubs in a 30 pound case and so that's kind of the makeup of like our store and our brand currently so pre-made is understanding like what the format is what works best for you and so why why the why patties versus chubs versus two pounds versus five pounds well i kind of alluded to the fact that traveling with patties is great because they're all individually wrapped you don't have to worry about a big mess and defrosting a lot at a time um, also for smaller dogs maybe your dog eats two eight ounce patties a day and all you want to do is just rip open the little packaging and throw it in the bowl after it's defrosted and you're good to go and you throw the packaging away and that's it you don't have to deal with a mess you don't have to deal with like weighing anything out or anything um, so patties are super convenient okay for those small and medium-sized dogs or travelers now chubs they are they are more cost effective because there's no portioning except for the big hunk of meat right and there's no additional packaging they're just it's just one big two pound chub or one big five pound chub wrapped in a poly bag and these are great for you know some bigger dogs that might eat two pounds a day and so you cut that chub in half and you know one one of the halves is a pound and the other half is a pound and you're good to go um or if you you know whatever however your dog family um needs to feed you know if it, if it turns out a two pound chub is more appropriate than great and then if you have multiple dogs or large dog families then the five pound chubs are probably the best because they're the most cost effective and um and and you're needing to defrost a lot of meat at a time so again those involve defrosting the meats and then um and then really kind of getting a scale and weighing weighing the amount out that you're putting in so you, you're going to get a five pound defrosted hunk of meat but you know this meal may only need nine ounces and this meal for this dog might only need four ounces etc so you're gonna have to there's some there's going to be some weighing and measuring involved so those are the formats you need to decide what format you're going to go with and then we'll get to the next steps which is how much how often and what you're feeding okay Okay, so once you've decided on the format, then we need to first understand how much food we need to feed. And so that's, that's in kind of two steps. One is how much we need to feed daily, and then two, how much do we want to store for a specific amount of time before we have to get more food. So the first one, let's talk about how much do we need to feed daily. And how much we need to feed our dog always depends on the age, breed, and activity level of that dog, that dog's lifestyle. Okay, so two identical dogs may have different dietary needs because one may be a sedentary dog and one may be a working dog or just a very in a very active family where you're always hiking or camping or going uh, going out where the other dog might get a 10 minute walk twice a week. So we have a great food calculator on our website. We do also have some um, portion instructions or recommendations on our labels as well. What you need to understand about feeding your dog is you need you just need to get in the ballpark, right? And then wait 30 days and realize or understand where your dog's at and 
feed more or less. It's not a an exact science, but we will definitely get you in a ballpark. And, and here's my kind of ballpark is that if you have a an adult dog, you'll typically need approximately eight to 10 ounces per 25 pounds of dog. So an adult five-year-old 50 pound or 25 pound dog, um, that is a medium active dog, may need around eight ounces a day. And then a 50 pound dog may need a pound a day and a 75 pound dog will need a pound and a half and a hundred pound dog will need two pounds. And that's kind of a baseline. All right, so eight to 10 ounces per 25 pounds of dog, adjust up or down as you need. Um, and on those days where they, um, they're more active or they're less active, you'll feed more or less on those days as well. So, um, so, you, so first we need to understand how much daily, okay? And then we need to understand how much we want to store or that we have the capacity to store for a certain amount of time. So say I just want to go to the store or I just want to pick up food for, a, for the month every time I pick up. And I have a 50 pound medium active dog that's going to need a pound a day. So a pound times a month is about 30 pounds. And so you will need to buy, if you bought from us, a case of food per month. And what you need to understand is when you buy that case of food, you need an entire uh, case of storage in your freezer. So there's real estate involved. Um, and there's two types of real estate in involved. There's freezer space and refrigerator space. So first of all, you need to um, consider the format when you're... Um, when you're going to buy because of the way that your freezer set up you might it might be set up better for you to stack patties in there individually than to stack a big five pound chub or your two pound chubs might fit in this in the doors easier so you want to go and buy those however the case you don't need to put the case in the box all together at once you just need you can take you, you can take the things out and then you can shove them in every nook and cranny that you need to but you just need to understand that what are you feeding right how much are you feeding and how much do you have the capacity to store now they, this can go, go down a rabbit hole and saying well i don't want to just feed chicken for an entire month i want to feed chicken for two weeks and beef for two weeks then you're going to need to buy two cases and be able to store two cases at a time all right so let's just keep this simple at that one case and now let's understand we understand the freezer requirement and now let's understand the refrigerator requirement so the refrigerator is necessary because you're going to need space in there um to be able to defrost the food and then continually feed out of the fridge, right? So <clears throat> the food after it's defrosted to the center lasts about three to four days in the refrigerator, depending on what temperature your refrigerator is at. So if you have your refrigerator at a pretty low temperature and you're not opening the door all day long, um, you know, set to, I don't know, 34, 35 degrees or something like that, then, um, then it'll last about four days. And then if you're, you're going high, like around 42 degrees, then uh, three days might be um, more like it. The point is that you owe the 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 trick to the whole thing is you need to be able to have food in there defrosting at all times and always have and have food for meal time. So, like what I would do for that dog that's 50, that needs a pound a day is I would take two two pound chubs so I'd have four pounds of food. I'd start defrosting them all at once. And so I know that the oldest piece of meat in there is going to only be four days old because in four days he's going to consume all of that meat, right? <clears throat> and so what I would do is I would defrost, right, 
understand and you'll quickly understand how long it takes to defrost and then as you feed two pounds and now you have two more pounds then you throw another two pound chub in there that's frozen and by the time you feed the next two pounds that will be defrosted and then the cycle continues and so you never run out of food and you always have one defrosting okay so that's the need for refrigerator space the equipment is very important as well is because you need to make sure that it, that that raw food doesn't cross contaminate your consumables in your refrigerator so you'll need some sort of non-porous containers stainless steel glass um, ceramic okay and something with you definitely want something with a lid so um, that's I mean that's the gist of understanding the how much portion right so age breed activity level um, lifestyle how much you want to store real estate space in the freezer real estate space in the fridge and you're in the defrosting component of it okay so now let's talk about how often and exactly what how often do I feed my dog so this is a question we always get after the how much um, and really it has to do with a lot with age and then um, and then breed to consider as well so as a general rule puppies under six months old should probably be eating four times a day right they're they're burning calories they're needing more calories immediately and uh, they get hungry real fast so four times a day six times a day might be appropriate depending on um, depending on the dog um, then a puppy six months to 18 months might need to eat three times a day depending on its its needs and um, and how that's going and then an adult dog should probably just as a general rule eat twice a day once in the morning once at night or however you figure that out um, to keep them satiated as well as to keep insulin levels in check so that you're not dropping or um, or increasing unnecessarily so that's kind of a general rule now nomadic dogs might only eat you know once every other day like um, I've seen huskies and that's those kind of breeds um, you know they'll eat once and then they won't eat for a couple of days and that's just kind of that's just kind of how some of those dogs are and some dogs eat differently in the winter than they do in the summer so um, but I think as a general rule an adult dog should eat twice a day so uh, I, I don't think that's gonna affect any of your freezer refrigerator defrosting routines um, but it is definitely a question that we often get after the how much is answered so now let's get into the what okay so let's talk about the what and the what really needs to be looked at in but in two directions um, the for the owner that wants a little bit of control over the formula then what they would do is what they would buy a base formula with meat bone and organ only and we do supply one of those base formulas right um, and maybe they want to add rooted vegetables only or they want to add some krill oil or some sardines or raw egg at every single meal and or maybe they don't just don't agree with the, some of the um, additional things that we're putting in but they love that base formula of the the type of organs we're using and the type of meat and, and that that the calcium and phosphorus ratio is good to go and the fat contents good to go um, but they want to be able to make it their own and kind of develop a hybrid between that pre-made and that DIY right so um, for a little bit more control you can buy that base formula we offer that in what we call our meat bone and organ only section um, now on the other side of the token for those who are looking at our formula and they, they love 
the meat, bone, and organ-only content, but then also um, agree with all of the produce and um, additional um, things that we put in our formula and are confident in that they can just take that complete formula, throw it in their dog's bowl, and their dog's good to go, and they have no worries and they have no additional work or additional steps, then, um, then our organic produce, our formulas with their organic produce, would likely be more appropriate for that feeder. So that's the two parts on the higher level of the what. Now let's kind of get into more of a detail in the what. So the what also has to do with variety. And so to understand and feed properly, you're going to need to feed variety. I, I touched on it a little bit where um, I kind of shunned the fact that, you know, veterinarians and the, and the whole pet food industry market is telling us to feed one thing um, and that one thing only for that rest of that dog's life or that dog is going to get GI upset. And I mean, of course you would, because if you only ate one thing for your entire life and then you turned around and try to eat something else, you'd have a stomach ache too. Um, so in order to make those stomachs and those guts resilient, we need to introduce variety, not only for palatability, not only for just variety for the, for the animal um, and to get them, you know, to get them exposed to different things. But what you're doing is you're introducing different amino acids from different prey species, different types of bacterias, so that that animal's gut is going to be inherently stronger and more resilient and, uh, and develop a better flora balance than uh, an animal that just says, say, just eats chicken all day long, right? For years and years and years. And even and when you do that too, you also could have the potential to develop intolerances. And I'll talk about that in another episode but um so you have the potential for that too so variety is extremely important um in a dog's diet so you can spin that in a bunch of different ways you can spin that by just feeding an organic formula of chicken and then feeding a non the the one with just the meat bone and organ only so you then he gets meals without those um that produce in it and has a higher meat content um and then maybe the next time you buy food you um, buy the beef and the next time you buy the turkey or you buy the beef and the turkey at the same time and you feed a beef and turkey meal every bowl or you buy beef turkey lamb and chicken and you do hybrids of, of beef plus lamb plus a little bit of turkey or whatever however creative you need to get however it's easier and more sustainable for you to have variety in the diet then do whatever you need to do to make sure that you can continue to introduce variety in your dog's diet. All right, so you've decided whether or not you're gonna go DIY or pre-made. You've understood how much, how much you need to store. You know that you need real estate both in the freezer and the fridge. You've got your defrosting component down. You understand how often, you know what to feed. You have to introduce variety, but now it's time to actually feed your dog. So I talked about equipment earlier and that you need a non-porous sort of dish to defrost in, but you also want to have a non-porous sort of dish to um, feed in as well. So stainless steel is great. It's light. I feed, I think, out of a ceramic bowl right now. Um, I just like those. Um, some of you may need gloves, right? So um, I have uh, an infant now. Um, so I never used gloves before because I didn't care, but I don't, I want to make sure that, you know, meat doesn't get stuck in the inside of my nails and then I'm, I'm handling my baby. So now I use food service gloves. You can get those in a variety of ways. 
online or at a big box store, definitely soap. Sometimes, like what I do is I've got a kitchen in the garage and a refrigerator next to the garage where I use it for, you know, extra stuff, but specifically for freezing my dog food, for defrosting my dog food, and then for handling my food in that one sink specifically, and then washing all the bowls in that so that the kitchen sink in the main house isn't um, ever exposed to any of that. But you handle it the way you need to handle it. What I need to make sure that you're doing is you're feeding in a non-porous container. So you don't want to feed in like plastic bowls and things like that, that get those micro abrasions and then bacteria can proliferate in those. Um, <clears throat> you want to wash your hands after every handling. You want to sanitize any surfaces that come into contact. And then you want to consider the feeding area as well. So if you have immune compromised um, persons in your house or um, or young children, you definitely want to keep them segregated um, from those feeding areas. Um, and just really use your common sense. Just think about like you when you're preparing meat for your family, right? And then just be a tad more cautious than that, I guess. So, um, so that's that's kind of the I guess the feeding part of it. Now, when you actually put that bowl down, um, most of you who have fed raw before or are feeding our formula now know that that bowl of food lasts like four or five seconds, all right? And so you usually don't have a problem. And I like to say, pick up that bowl, then go wash it, and then just get it ready for the next meal. Uh, <clears throat> so pick it up right away. So I don't know if you have, you know, um, open windows or doors in your house that flies don't get in there and then just cause a problem. So um, wash that bowl, wash the feeding area, sanitize the feeding area. Now, if your dog doesn't eat the food within 15 minutes, then the best course of action you can do is pick that food up, you know, put a lid on it or put some saran wrap on it again so you can um, make sure that when you put it in the refrigerator to store it for the next meal that you're not cross-contaminating um, <clears throat> anything in, in your fridge. And this is really the best way to do it. Your dog's not going to starve. If he skips a meal or two, he's not going to starve. But the most, the best motivation you can give him is hunger. And so on that third meal, when you put that food down, he's going to be hungry and he's going to eat it. And so don't leave the food out. Don't, and again, and that's one, teaching him that, oh, he can eat it anytime he wants. Um, no, the food's not going to always be there. So you have an opportunity to eat it now or you don't eat. Um, and two, then you don't have um, the 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 danger of having that meat get to a dangerous temperature okay so pick the food up uh, cover it somehow and then put it back in the fridge and put it down um, at the next feeding time could be you know 12 hours from now if you feed twice a day but that's okay um, so I think I think we've covered everything here we've got you know DIY versus pre-made the types of pre-mades available um, how much, how much to store, how often, what you're feeding, variety is important, all the equipment's important, um, sanitation is very important, and then, um, and really that's it. And so I hope this guide helped you, um, get, you know, feel more confident getting started. I'm sure I missed a couple of things here. So again, if you have any questions, you want me to spin this off, um, and give it, give it some more clarity, please leave me a message, leave a comment, and I will definitely um, make an effort to answer those questions in a future cast. All right, guys, take it easy. Good luck.